Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of these stones today were the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Can so here we go again. Us, can you remind me again of what kind of audio using in this uh, wonderful oh. podcast? Of course, we um using the trademarked and extremely. It's an older technology, as you've mentioned, but scrotum yes. sound is leet in terms of of um you know skills, mad skills, nunchuck skills. I mean, yes. Everyone, everyone has to make sure that their nunchuck skills are up par. But if you're doing podcasts and you're not using scrotum sound, then you may as well just not be doing a podcast. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, it's fortunate for us at this point. um, We've trademarked scrotum sound. It is definitely, you know, it's only utilized by Cinema Slaughter. We record exclusively in scrotum sound. Um, and so there's uh, there's just no fucking around. We, is- we do sound the technology, though. So, you know, please reach well, out to us. Yeah, reach out. If you're interested in using scrotum sound for yourself, um, you know, we'll have to we'll have to vet you first before mm. you're you're able to uh, to utilize this uh, elite technology. And it's not cheap. No, it's not. It's not cheap, but uh, it is worth it, you salty bastard. It is. I am. <laughs> we are. So here we go so, again for another podcast. Yes. We've been um, thinking about some things to do. And we, you know, I started talking to my brother because he is into martial arts. And when we were kids, we loved watching ninja movies and martial arts movies so you know um i grew up in uh new york long island brooklyn and on channel five before fox became fox uh channel Mm -hmm. five was just like a local station and they would show um kung fu theater yes and so martial arts was like a big thing growing up and believe it or not my grandmother was a huge martial arts movie fanatic (laughs) I know it's it sounds funny, but my grandmother loved um, she loved martial arts and action films. She was huge into it. And um, every Saturday, Kung Fu Theater would pop on. And, you know, she was like, come on, let's go. She lived with us. So, um, yeah. she's like, come on, let's watch it. And I would sit down with her and it would it felt like it, it, Kung Fu Theater lasted forever. Every Saturday. Oh, absolutely. But it was was just, it uh, now hold on was it Channel Five Fox or was it WWOR Nine? No, that's Channel Nine. Channel Channel Five, you know, before Fox became a, a channel, you know, this was like in the earlier eighties. Um, it was still Channel Five, but it was kind of like a local programming channel. Yeah, I, I'm just um, all right. So I think maybe maybe it was the Godzilla movies that they played on WWOR. So they uh, did that too, but they also they, yeah. like they were also good. Like Channel Seven, ABC would have like the movie of the week, and you would yeah. see the, the the guy in the director's chair, and it would be like a panorama view around yes. the director. <laughs> and it was what when that came on, you were like, you had to sit down because you knew it was going to be something good. Chances are, yeah. it was going to be like Planet of the Apes, or you know, it was going to be an apes film. <laughs> 
It was going to be yeah. um, Fantastic Voyage where they shrink the people down and inject ah. that ship into uh, the, you know, it was going to be so some good. sci-fi or or really just great movie that a kid is going to sink his teeth in or her teeth into. Um, yeah. So we got I got to thinking about the fun and excitement of martial arts movies and then obviously the ubiquity of ninja movies in the 80s. So it started maybe the late 70s, early 80s, these ninja movies. Um, you know, it, like Shokosugi is the quintessential um, ninja in the oh. Hollywood theater, right? So, um, and he started off where he was like a bad guy or he would just play the heavy um you know, as a like like a supporting character, uh, or you know, the foil for the the protagonist to fight at the very end. Um, and I think it was probably Enter the Ninja that was that was probably the first one or first foray into that. But later on, 1983, um, Revenge of the Ninja, and I say Ninja because my brother's not here to correct me. And uh, yeah, Lewis, my brother <laughs> Lewis was um, is kind of a an expert on all things martial arts and ninjas. He loved uh, he loved them. He had a, a ninja costume when he was a kid. Uh, he loved the ninja tabbies, you know, the uh, the the shoes that they would wear, the split toe. Oh and yeah, yeah. He actually has like a few different. Um, modern tabbies that he wears yeah um he's totally into it and um anyway so but he couldn't make it today so hopefully um you know and this is going to be I, i'd like to visit uh some more ninja movies uh going forward maybe you maybe do a, a couple of different episodes because there's so many of them uh but mm. i i wanted to hit up a few that you know, that I felt were um, were good to talk about, that they were interesting. And um, and I love Shokosugi. And the first movie, Revenge of the Ninja, is a um, a canon uh, film production, right? Or is it a Golan Globus? Um, I think it's the, I think, I think Golan was... Globus, but uh, I think it's also canon films. They distributed um, it in the U.S. Um, yeah, I didn't I don't see the canon. Um logo but uh you know i mean it's like i don't know uh, one or the other it's all the same I think, yeah i think i don't I, know if, i think yeah. it's a goal it's a golan globus film but it was mm -hmm. produ uh, produced and distributed as well by canon so and i don't know i think there was some kind of like incestuous relationship between the two anyway um you know, but uh, Canon films, any genre fan, when the when you see that Canon logo, you 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 shit your pants immediately. You know it's going to be something so crazy and oh, low yeah. budget, and it's just going to be a ton of fun. Exactly. Exactly. So af after ninjas killed his family, Cho and his son Kane come to America to start a new life. He opens a doll shop, but is unwittingly importing heroin in the dolls. When his friend betrays him, Cho must prepare for the ultimate battle. So that's the description of the film, a little brief uh, synopsis. So um, have you seen this film before? I, you know, it's funny. So I used to watch the uh, the old kung fu, the what's it called, the um, movies that were from um, 
what was it, Hong Kong? You know, they used to do all yeah, those yeah. crazy Kung Fu movies. And it's funny because, all right, so those movies were old and they used to play them on, on TV. The Ninja movies at the time, they were kind of new. You know, they were, it, it's a different genre, you know? Uh, right. They were Americanized Ninja movies. And I never really, you know, I'm an 80s kid and everything, but just never really sat and watched them. I, I just, for whatever reason, I just never did. And so I was watching this movie for the first time, you know, and, okay. uh, oh man, I just, it was obviously super campy, you know, 80s to the max, low budget, just a, a really fun movie, man. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. Like, I was kind of watching it as if it were a comedy. I mean, I, I, I haven't watched this <laughs> this much in a movie since, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was comedic. Obviously, they were trying to take it on a more serious note. But yes. just with uh, all the 80s-isms, you know, it's yep. just, you know, ridiculous. And But I loved it. It was hilarious. I just it, had a great time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I love the the fight choreography in this, and obviously Shokasugi did the fight choreography. A lot of many of the um, many of the techniques and the things that they uh, that the ninja, uh, the accoutrement of the ninja, um, mm. they they're real. Sure. You know, they did, a did lot you of this uh, got that uh, that word accoutrement. All right, yes, so pay attention. You, you, you might yeah. know that as accoutrements, but uh, mm. anyway. Um, mm. It's funny because, you know, 400 years of training in the art of sudden death unleashed on 20th century America. So this movie has a lot of 80s tropes, right? So they're dealing yes. heroin out of these dolls, which seems like I've seen this type of thing before where they were dealing drugs in a similar type of setting. Um, there's... Um, you know, obviously the mafia was huge. Uh, the you you know again the ever present in um, in eighties culture. You know, the bad guys had to be Italian and mafia. Uh, they were well, and you know, I mean, it seems redundant because if you're mafia, you know, in the mafia or in the in the mob, you're Italian, uh, and vice versa. So. It was really um, a lot of those tropes, but some of the things that I like about it is the um, just the gross uh, racism, like the one of the oh, the, the mafia, yeah. the mafia Don has <laughs> a couple of his thugs and uh, he said, you know, I want you to go to the um, I want you to go to the gallery and I want you to get all those dolls out of there because I want my heroin. So the the, the mob guy was like, you know, supposed to give you know, pay for the heroin that's being imported, um, you know, like they said, unwittingly by Shokasugi's character uh, who, you know, comes to America and starts this gallery and he's dealing, you know, unwittingly dealing these drugs because, you know, his partner, his business partner is, is the real bad guy. And mm. um, that's Arthur Roberts is Braden. And he plays he plays the lead bad guy. So um, he the mafia guy, you know, double crosses Braden. And and then when he's uh, he starts getting, you know, his his um, like his brother gets killed. His um, nephew is killed. So he says, all right, go to the gallery and steal those dolls, get my drugs. And so and he's like, and hey, chief. 
And this guy is so obviously not Native American. Oh, my gosh. But it's just so bad. He has his hair in in like, you know, ponytail in a not a ponytail, but like, you know, pigtails or whatever on the sides of his head. Right. And he's got a vest with, you know, and he. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, he's got these large uh, this large knife. Um and he just it it's it's just such a bad cliche and it's just so oh and, my god but it's so much fun it's and, hilarious yo i was i was pissing my pants man yeah oh my and, god and here's the deal you don't really want to take it in a, in a sense of irony about this right but it is absurd but there are certain there are great scenes in this movie this movie is a gem and not to be taken lightly so it's one of my favorite ninja movies i think shokasugi is just absolutely a badass in any movie that he's been in um and you know the three films that we're going to be reviewing are all shokasugi movies um but it's just a fun um action-packed even if some of the action is kind of forced like at one point about three quarters of the way through the film um shows character and his friend who's a cop decide that they're going to he the cop was like i know a couple of guys that we can we can you know uh ask them interrogate yeah we'll interrogate them and we'll go on you know we'll go meet them meet up with them and we're gonna go get some information from them so they go to this um it was a like, park, like a, like a park. park. Yeah, yeah there's, there's kids there and everything else. And these clowns are just hanging around this park. And, you know, they go in there and the cop is dressed ridiculous. Like he's wearing a T-shirt that says police and he's got a jumpsuit <laughs> on. And and it's like, you know, these guys aren't going to talk to you because you have the word police on your T-shirt. Number one. <laughs> You probably want to downplay the fact that you're a cop trying to gather information from these guys, you know, so they need to maintain their street cred and they're like, fuck you guys. You know, we're not going to give you any information, you know, and then they start this fight now and then so- before you even before you even get into the fight dude you have to describe the oh criminals. oh yeah i'm sorry uh, i i'm sorry i'm remiss in uh, my i i this is uh, and this is the kicker so these thugs really look like the rejects from the village people because at first had the native american the indian guy you know so it's almost like all right you know we we gotta add the rest of the village people in there yes so there's a cowboy (sighs) and the guy is like literally in a in a like cliched old you know cowboy shirt like a satin cowboy shirt he's got a cowboy hat got a handlebar mustache that looks like it was barely taped on properly it's it's just really absurd. And then there's a Japanese guy that kind of looks like he's a like a chubby sumo kind of in training with a rising sun t-shirt. Um it really does look absurd. Like it's just like a um a who's who of reject thugs, you know? It's like a, a rogues gallery of morons. <laughs> And it's, and it's hysterical so like my brother and i always like uh this part like i'm always tempted to fast forward <laughs> through that because shokasugi's character cho is he's a freaking badass ninja i mean this guy can wipe the floors in the beginning of the film ninja attack his family and it, his ancestral home and they slaughter everyone in his family except for his mother his right. um 
His mom is the only one left. His wife, one of his kids is killed and the rest of his his household in, in, a, in a brutal way. I mean, the oh, kid gets a they're slaughtered. Gets jammed in his forehead. I'm like, oh my god! I saw that? I yeah, was like, just yeah. a little kid, man. <laughs> I was like, god damn! It's so funny that you say that because when I was talking to my brother, we were watching. I was like, you know, something that I miss about you know '80s movies <laughs> is that everybody was fair game. They, yeah, they had no yeah. qualms about slaughtering anyone, and the whole family <laughs> gets it in the beginning of this movie and, and show shows character. He wipes the floor with like 30 ninja. Yeah, that's right. So, so I find it difficult to believe that these rejects, you know, street thugs are able <laughs> to put up as much of a fight as they did. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, that the, the, what's going on, they're, they're beating the crap out of him. And then what ends up happening? What was the initial goal of him speaking to thugs? It was to get information. Yeah. And so and then, they go through yeah. this massive fight. It's at least five yes. minutes long. This fight scene yep. is like the almost the longest fight scene in the film. Right. It, it rivals the, you know, at the, the end of the movie where Braden yes. was revealed, you know, he's revealed earlier on that he's a ninja as well. Yeah. Um, but show doesn't know until the, 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 like the middle of the third act and it's revealed right. to show, Hey, you know, Braden's a bad guy. He's dealing heroin out of your shop. He's the one who's doing these things. Oh, and by the way, he's a ninja. Yeah. So, so it gets revealed at the end and that the major fight at the end, that climactic fight scene on the rooftop is everything. I mean, you're waiting the whole film for the for the exactly. show. Exactly. And that that ending scene, you know, is long, but it's almost rivaled by the by the you know, not only is the fight scene with these thugs too long, but it's inane. Yeah. And because and, they don't get any information from they guys. do nothing they gather no details from these guys they whoop their asses right and, and these guys are shooting at them and trying to kill them like it it, it escalates quickly right right right, right right these guys have pistols and knives and they're trying to murder these guys a cop and shokusugi and his friend at the end of this fight scene they just look at these guys and they walk away it's like they don't even all right so i could see if maybe at the end you know try to get the information and the guy's like no we can't say anything because you know the the, the bad guy is just too strong and, and we're worried that he might come after us you know no they don't even ask him anything. just leave no right there's no there's no interrogation they just completely forgot the reason for being there it was just right such a, it was such a filler scene and it really is disappointing this is the most disappointing scene in the movie one of the one of my favorite scenes is the grandma scene where she's oh. she's um Kunoichi, which is a female yeah. Japanese uh, a female excuse me a female ninja, um yeah I think that's how you pronounce it um which is one of the reasons why I wanted my brother here for us because he he knows a lot of the history of ninja and I wanted right. him to be here to kind of you know talk to us about what was factual and what wasn't but at this point you know yeah. we're going to keep it moving maybe he'll join yeah. us on the next one because we're going to have a follow up episode to this one where we talk about others so 
we have other movies that we're going to talk about. Uh, the 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 um the ending scene, the climax between uh, Cho and Braden on the rooftop is one of my favorites. It's a bit absurd, more than a bit at times, oh, where yeah. you know oh, Braden. Yeah has a lot of uh, mechanical things that he's using and puppetry and all this other stuff. He's a master of, you know, um, mm -hmm. subterfuge and, and, you know, uh, getting show, um, you know, like, um, like keeping him on his toes and, 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 yeah, and putting yeah, him off, yeah. you know, uh, right. but it's absurd because like he attacks him and it's a giant full-sized uh, puppet. And show slices yeah. it in half, and you see it's just like a paper mache, you know, dummy, and it's and it's completely like how like how did that get up on the rooftop, you know? Like how the fuck did you have a second outfit and a paper mache dummy over six feet tall? Like how does that get up there? So they're a mechanical arm, like he's in he's he's in the uh, the hot tub, and he gets him with a mechanical arm, and show chops the mechanical arm off, um, and then he's kind of looking around, like he can't see him in in the tub. It's a hot tub; it's not deep. I, I, that's another thing. What the hell is a hot tub doing up there? I mean, it's like an office. <laughs> Oh, I mean, <laughs> well, think about it. I mean, they're, they're fighting atop this, uh, you know, the mafia's house. You know, it's like, this yeah, is like his, yeah, I guess this yeah. is, his, you know, his building, his skyscraper or whatever. And on, there's also a, a tennis court up there. Um, right. That's so right. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this there's, uh, you know, other things up here okay, that, that right. kind of lend to that. But the massive yeah. fight scene at the end is great. And um, and yes. and you know Braden the bad guy gets his comeuppance at the end, which you're shooting for because you really can't wait for the the showdown and and for them to you know to you know for Shokasugi's character to win. So <laughs> yeah, Revenge of the Ninja guys, if you have not seen this movie, you owe it to yourself to see it. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's fun as hell. There's a lot of really decent fight scenes in here. You will not be disappointed by this movie. So I, I did want to say, like, all right, so it's for me, you know, definitely camping and all that. And, you know, I just thought it was like fun, you know, but there was an intense scene where, where he did go after that, you know, quote unquote, Native American guy. And, um, and it was, um, I, I was like, all right, you know, it was, it was pretty intense, man. You know, like I was actually yeah. surprised. I was like, oh, kind of held me at the edge of my seat. Yeah, the pretty fight violent. scene. Yeah. He's chasing down these criminals in that bus in that van, and yeah. he starts, and he's fighting them in the street. He's running after the van. He's fighting them inside the van. They. They crash the van and yeah. and they're all in the street and they and the guy one guy pulls out a pistol and and show is dodging bullets it and then yeah. dragging him behind They're the dragging van. Dragging him exactly. That's where it got crazy because then all of a sudden a car comes in and smashes into the door that <laughs> he's hanging off the door and it's like holy crap! All right, so yeah. I was like, all right, I definitely appreciated that. I mean, it was it was surprisingly intense for such a campy movie, you know. And, and so, it's, and it's yeah. obviously low budget, but obviously, I think they did a good job with that film. And, uh, yeah, and I think they did really well with that. What people yeah. need to realize is historically, there weren't many leading men roles for Asian Americans. Oh yeah, or wow. Asian period. I mean, show right. 
he he himself as a as a person moved to Los Angeles. He got a um a, a bachelor's degree, and I think he was at went to like University of Southern California or something like that. Um, yeah. so he lived he lived an interesting life. So he was he surrounded himself, I guess, with the right people, and he knew he was a real deal. Like he knew martial arts. I mean, he was really oh, yeah. impressive. Trained in so, several different kinds. Yeah. Yes, he did. So um. You know, he came he came on board and was a leading man in many of his films where no Asian Americans were were leading men. And and I think yeah. he kind of paved the way for that. And he was he was the first and he was an action star, you know, right at the beginning, even though he was, you know, a low tier action star. He was still there. He was still on point. So, um, yeah, the next the next film that we watched is uh, Pray for Death. So this yeah. is a 1985, you know, shortly after, maybe a year and a half after um, the uh, Avenger of the Ninja, after a peace-loving Japanese immigrant and his family become victims of a crime syndicate, a master ninja emerges. Um, so this is very similar in uh, in story and tone, obviously, for Revenge right, of the right. Ninja. His family... He he was trained. He was an orphan, and he was trained in the art of uh, of the ninja in Japan. His wife uh, was a Japanese American, but she was living in uh, Japan with her with Shokasugi, her husband, and their two kids. And she is pushing them. She's like, you know, I want to move back to the states. I would love for the kids to be raised mm -hmm. there. Show is a very um, He's a traditionalist. Traditional. So his yeah. character, Akira, is a very traditionalist mm -hmm. person and wants the kids to stay. But for the love of his wife, he decides, OK, I'm going to do this. They find a place in Texas, I guess, where she was from. And they mm -hmm. move the kids and the family and they're going to start a business, a restaurant business. And they they find a place that's like in the shittiest neighborhood in the in the in the worst location that you could possibly be in. <laughs> And they're like, we're going to do everything we can, you know, like and they, they they clean the place up the first night that they're there. These mafia guys, um, you know, plant, you know, like open up these boards in the in the um, in one of the back rooms of this this dilapidated restaurant. restaurant. And yeah. Yeah. So they bought the show and his wife buy this building from this old man. And the uh, the old guy has, uh, you know, a couple of different offices and in the back, he um, doesn't use this room any longer. And so I guess these mob guys decided that they were going to use it for their uh, like uh, to stash uh, contraband and stuff like that. So this uh, expensive necklace that, you know, it's like, right. you know, but millions of dollars or whatever the case is. And uh it's funny is that I realized because the lead mafia guy, I was like, God, oh, this guy looks really familiar. And it was, um, what's his name? Michael Constantine, who played the father in uh, uh, what's the movie? The Greek Family. Um, oh, dang it. My what Big Fat the, Greek Wedding. My Big it? Fat Greek Wedding. That was the father, you know? Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't realize. I've never seen that movie, unfortunately. Oh, I always, great movie! You gotta yeah. see this funny I, movie. I need man. to. 
Yeah, but Michael yeah. Constantine, if you see this guy, you'll know him immediately. I mean, he's been right, in a, right. a ton of movies. He's a character yeah. actor from way back. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so, so he plays this, uh, you know, mafia guy. And his subordinate guy was pretty menacing in this movie. I got to admit, like, that guy was a real, it was almost like a horror character, man. He was not a martial artist, but he was a sociopath of the highest order. So right. James, James Booth plays this character, Limehouse, and Limehouse is the uh, the antagonist in this film. And so show, um, you know, was a ninja back in the day. He was trained by his master who also trained his brother. Now, you don't know if it was actually a, a blood brother or if these were just orphans that were raised together, but. Show, show, you know, was the lawful good and his brother was the chaotic evil, I guess, of the two. And so um, you see him in a flashback scene fighting his brother who was trying to, to rob, um, you know, the treasure the temple or whatever treasure yeah. from the, yeah, the temple. So um, they fought and, you know, he killed his brother um, inadvertently sort of by accident yeah it, it yeah. was by accident he realizes yeah. his brother he was masked he unmasks yeah. him and as they're fighting you know he's the the brother tries to attack him he slips on the scabbard of the sword and and impales mm -hmm. himself on a, on one of the swords yeah so so shows character carries you know akira carries this this pain and and um and baggage about, you know, the death of his brother, he carries it with him to the point where, and it was funny, you, you messaged me. He's like, does this old man really need to go through this long, elaborate fight, kicking Shokasugi's ass just to tell him, Hey, you know what? Let go of the past. <laughs> Seriously, bro. And then and he's, was, you know, the, is that whole thing of, you know, the past, you know, and the, the brother and whatever, it has no real impact on the story at all. I was like, all right, the significance of that. So it you does. Know, like, <laughs> so it okay. does in a way. And I will get to that point because I was talking <laughs> to my brother about it when we watched this movie. Now, now if I'm going to compare Pray for Death to Revenge of the Ninja, it, it like Revenge of the Ninja is better in action, oh, better yeah. in the choreography. Yeah. Um, at, right. But Pray for Death has some brutality to it and, seriously and yeah. james booth's menace uh comes through in this character of limehouse so he's the mafia guy's right hand man the lieutenant and he at one point um you know kidnaps uh show's son and holds him uh, for ransom and says i want the necklace blah 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 shows like i have no idea what you're talking about um, gets his seat, obviously infiltrates uh, this. Well, not, well, doesn't infiltrate. He comes there as agreed um, and, you know, steals back his son. And mm. eventually he they're having a party uh, like a couple of days later. These mob these mob guys are having a party on a boat on a, on a ship at dock and show infiltrates. He gets dressed. Uh, you know, was he in like a leather jacket and and like, yeah, See, that's yeah. why I was like, that was a perfect opportunity for them to ninja him up. You know what I mean? Like to well, keep in mind, stuff. I'm kind of 
yeah he was still not connecting to being a ninja he didn't want yeah to do that. he wasn't yeah. he was trying to let his past go and he still had his past the the fight with his brother still haunted him and so he didn't connect yeah. in fact his his master before he leaves japan his master says you know take the sword with you you can't you know you can't ignore the, your your shadows of the past you know you have to face right. them so he's like, no, yeah. I don't want the sword. I don't want to live that kind of life. He's like, you know, I'll take the helmet, though. You know, so he takes this yeah. metal, this metal helmet. It's got a shuriken on the front and the face closes up. So you only see his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so he infiltrates this ship and everything and knocks the lights out and, and kills all the you know most of the guards. And then he gets this Limehouse character and he and he holds a knife to him and um, you know, he tells him, I will make you pray for death if you do not leave this uh, the Saito family alone. Right. You know, they don't have this necklace. They don't know anything about it. You know, leave them alone or you'll pray for death. So in the previous scene, Limehouse sliced a massive gash across Shokasugi's chest. So Sho returns the favor and slices him across the chest and then bails. Like he leaves and... Mm. And so, um, and it's funny because, uh, you know, he's like, I'm going to show him Limehouse is like, who the fuck does this slanty eyed bastard think he is? You know, and there's a lot of that that goes on in these movies. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these the, these race <laughs> racism was like a plenty in these films. But, you know, it was the 80s. Unfortunately, you're going to have to if you're if you're sensitive to that, you're going to have to take it with a grain of salt. But you know what? Chances are, if you're listening and- to this podcast, you're not sensitive to it. So. And not only that, I mean, if it's the bad guy, you know, it's supposed to make him a bad guy. That's what bad guys do. That's racist, you know? Exactly. They're despicable despicable people. You know, you're not going to you're not going to appreciate. So then Limehouse, after he's gotten slashed and they don't know it's Shokasugi's character, they just think that he hired somebody to as a as protection to help them. Uh, but he obviously mm. speaks with a Japanese accent, so they they think he's another, you know, Japanese guy that's here that's protecting them. So, yeah. oh, and I'm sorry. Prior to this, um, one of these these thugs got in a, in a, you know ran down in from the car, ran down Shokasugi's wife and youngest son, and they yeah. are they were hurt badly and they're in the hospital hospitalized. And so that's, that's the impetus for show going onto this boat and killing all these men and then telling him, leave the family alone, leave the Saitos alone. So Limehouse in a, in an act of just sheer insanity slices the shit out of his arm, like completely almost to the point where I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like, that's that's ridiculous. I got that doesn't make any sense. And then it flashes to the next scene where the, his character Limehouse is now in the hospital, the hospital. Yeah. And he's like being treated for this, this gash on his arm. And so he's there overnight and apparently it was severe. So, He's stitched up and he's in the in the hospital now. And you realize he's in the same hospital as Shokasugi's wife and kid. Yeah, the wife and kid have police protection um, and the um, the doctor comes in to check on him or the the nurse comes in to check on Limehouse and he gets he kills the doctor or or injects him with a, a, a sedative. And, yeah. te- and steals his uniform and everything and then goes to the wife's uh, room you know pretending to be a nurse or doctor and he's like oh i'm just here to give her her shot and they let him in and he 
murders this woman in cold blood. Like he, you don't see what he does to her, but you see like flashes of like all the blood on her face. And it was really, and I, well, I really you, was, you do see uh, uh, some kind of, he was using a blade or something. It was bloody. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I and I, I think the kind of hint that he may have raped her because he tears off her clothes and, I don't know. I was very uncomfortable with that because, you know, you don't have to show that. You know what I mean? Like, all right, if you're going to rape her, you don't have it doesn't I don't have to think be so he did. No, I, I don't. I don't think I, I don't he did. I, I didn't. I didn't get that. But I did get the fact like they didn't show the violence, but it was heavily implied. And then they show her they show him like washing himself off. He's got a little bit of blood on him and he's got a lot of blood on his hands and everything. He's cleaning himself. And then, so wait a minute. The version that I saw, which is on YouTube, it was a, a low, low response, um, had him step her with. Uh, there was blood on this. It was kind of like a, a like a shiv almost. Oh yeah. All right. Well, yeah. maybe I saw a different one. I we had to and rent then, this movie because we couldn't find it anywhere else. We rented it. I think it was um, Amazon Prime or something had it. So maybe maybe we got a um, an edited and, version. And then he also tore off her clothes. Oh, see, no, it did the version uh, I had. They they cut that out. Fuck. Because uh, I didn't yeah, remember. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. this movie well enough to say, yeah, I remember that scene, but that's interesting. Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because so, yeah, that's why I was kind of disturbed. I was like, this is too like, all right, fine. If he's going to not find that he's going to refer, but if you want to have that scenario, you don't have to show the nudity because that's so, um, you know, like it's, yeah. it's just not, you know, like you said, it's tittle. It doesn't need to be titillating when you're doing that kind exactly. of. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's I, an act of brutality, you know? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, all right. So, you know, ultimately, which I was like, what a roller coaster ride, because you think yeah. the wife is going to be killed and then they survive because the first movie, you know, his wife and son are killed right at the very beginning. Right. So right. they're not they're not killed, you know, in the beginning of this film. But at the end of the second act, she's killed in the hospital room. And then he goes over to the kid's bedroom or hospital room and he goes, he's in there to kill the kid. Yeah. And they're and they're able to stop him. The cops are on to him. And um, yeah, they stop him, but he escapes. Can... I mean, it's like the Keystone cops over here. Yeah. The cops are, are worthless when it comes to this. <laughs> So show has a um, has a, a, a conversation with the police lieutenant and it's great. So show is like, do not stop me, Mr. Policeman. And <laughs> and show is he was actually really intense and menacing when he gets into that. The seriousness of, um, you know, you put yourself in the role of this man whose wife was just slaughtered brutally. And, yeah. And yeah. So now he. So he becomes he he embraces his ninja, uh, you know, his past and and he puts the helmet on and you see he leaves the the house and, and the restaurant and he goes into this little storage place that that the Sam Green, which is the man that he purchased the um, the building from. He also purchases the storage uh, place down at the docks. And so now he's hiding there and show over the course of, you know, a few days 
um, makes a sword and makes a bunch of ninja weapons and then goes on a rampage and he um, attacks the mob mm. boss's house. He kills all of his guys. He um, Limehouse sees this going on. So he escapes with the money and gets the hell out of there. Um, and, you know, so show kills the mob boss. He kills everybody and then knows that Limehouse is uh, somehow, you know, going back to um, the storage place at the docks. And so he fo- follows him there. And then the, the final battle begins, you know, and so he's yes. beating the shit out of everyone. But this guy Limehouse, um, he's I think he put up so much of a fight and was like starting to become like the um, he became the hunter throughout some of this they're in um they're in a in um a location where there's a lot of mannequins and it's kind of eerie and creepy and um you know show's character has that flashback to you know you know you have to let your past go and all this other stuff and i think that's why some of his mind was clouded by shadows of the past and that's why this guy limehouse was able to fuck with him in this situation but also you know limehouse was um i think he was too much of a badass yeah 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 because he was really put uh, up a fight exactly it was almost like two different movies put together you know what i mean yeah you have this guy yeah look because you have this guy who's um you know obviously got uh, you know perfect training blah 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 but then you have this guy who's like terminator i mean this guy is so menacing and he did a, the actor, uh, you know, did a great job. Like, he was a pretty intense character. But, you know, he's got no formal training or whatever. It didn't seem like he did. There was no mention or anything like that. And he was able to really give a, a, this trained ninja a run for his money, you know? And he's yeah. not, no, he doesn't have any, you know, like w- the armaments, the weapons of the ninja and the training and all that. But he's still, you know, grabs an axe and he's, he's you know <laughs> fucking this guy up badly you know yeah oh yeah absolutely and he really whooped his ass throughout the thing like he put up a fight with Shokasuri's character um and finally you know he straps him to this to this log with this obviously this massive buzzsaw you know it just happens to yeah. be you know a place that's that it, so you know he doesn't so he got say it manic, a, mannequins and bus songs yeah yeah <laughs> but uh so at the end you know he he has the um he spikes his hands to this wooden log and the guy is like you know laying on top of it he's completely he's got his ass completely handed to him and he's got his hands pinned and he's trying to get off it. And the guy's like, please just kill me. Just kill me. And show Kasugi's character just turns around and walks away. And the guy yeah. starts screaming, you know, like you think about it. I mean, you know, he said he was going to make him pray for death. But I like the fact that there were no corny one liners. Like they got really right, heavy right. one liners as time went by, you know, but I don't think shows uh, show ever like engaged with the corniness of the one liners. Um, right <laughs> which i appreciate it so he kills the guy and then he survives the cop at the end says you know i'm sorry about your family i wish you you know much success and you know by the way we heard that there might have been a ninja what do you think of that and he's like no i think that's crazy you know and the kid's like I right, think he's right watching too many movies you know too much you're watching too many ninja <laughs> movies and uh and that's it you know so they kind of like tongue-in-cheek end the film 
This definitely was not as strong as the other one and had many of the same plot points of the other movie. And it was almost like Revenge of the Ninja rehashed without a ninja, you know, a a ninja uh, foil for him to fight. Right, right. So it was all in all, it was it wasn't as strong, but I still enjoyed it. It was it's funny because it was more of a it was definitely definitely more of a serious movie, you know? Oh yeah, uh, it was absolutely was, yeah. The other one was just so campy and ridiculous. But yeah. um yeah, I think that it's sort of like I said, it was almost like two movies put together. And yeah, I, I don't think it you know, it um I don't I I enjoyed it, but not 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 nearly as much as uh revenge. Yep, I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to we're going to get into the third film in this uh trio that we're watching and uh, have no fear we'll be back with other ninja movies. Um but the last one that we're going to talk about today is a young ninja turns his back on the orphanage that raised him, leading to a confrontation with a fellow ninja from the clan. Um this is Ninja Assassin from 2009. And also a Shokusugi um, film. I mean, it's not, he's not the star of this movie, but let's face it, Shokusugi, the, the, the showdown um, at the end of the film, you're waiting the whole time for it because you just can't wait to see it. Yeah. So it starts off with this guy. Apparently, the main character, Raizo, is um, by, you know, the character um, is played by Rain. And mm. I didn't know this, but he's a K-pop star in, in Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, I don't know if he's still in there. Like, I don't really keep with, uh, K-pop or any of that stuff. I know that, that yeah, there's me like, neither. Uh, kind of people. Uh, I know, like, amongst the younger uh, generation, they're, like, really into that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's yeah. really my thing. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so bad. <laughs> She um I'm there's an, a cop I think they um they're Interpol or something and they're being yeah. they're, this woman female cop played by Naomi Harris Harris Naomi Harris I was like looking at him like oh my god she was from so many movies she yeah. was from Moon, Moonlight Skyfall Spectre twenty eight days 28 later days later yep. yep that was her so, first big role that I remember her from at least. Yeah, she was absolutely she's fantastic. I I love her. Yeah. She was in Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest yes. at, at World's End. Um, yeah. I I love her. I think she's a I think she's a great actor and doesn't get enough credit for her role. No. She doesn't. I, no, she's um I think she's wonderful in this in this role. She plays a strong character, but you know, out of her depth, even though she is um, you know, this Interpol cop, she um isn't really a field agent so much as she's um like she does investigations and uh, you know, forensics. And so right. she she uncovers this um this ninja clan where um she realizes that these um, assassins are being bred from these orphans. And mm. so she starts uncover, you know, the, the seat, the secret cult. Um, well, I don't want to get away from too much here. The, the movie starts off um, with, you know, this Jesus. sick, sick uh, fight <laughs> scene 
But yeah, there was it wasn't really a fight. I mean, they these um yeah. these mob these mob guys get absolutely slaughtered by right. by, by this ninja assassin. And that what I loved about this movie is that they make the ninja um there's a mystique. They make them this spiritual quality about them. Like they can blend with the shadows, they can heal themselves. Um yeah, you know they have I mean, all these. Su- it's it's supernatural. Pretty much. Yes, they have they have these uh, these supernatural qualities, which was, you know, obviously, that's not real. But when you know, for the the ninja was they were steeped in shadow and and these uh you know mysterious lore lore, and mm. and so they what I like about this movie is that they they cater to that. Uh, Rather than it being, you know, just a regular martial art, they um, are trained by Shokosugi, who who shows them the meaning of being a ninja. You're trained not to feel any pain. You're trained to, you know, enter a, a, a building or location undetected. And they and that type of thing takes place. And you realize you think the main character of Rain is this um, is this ninja assassin. And then you come to realize when these ninja come for uh, Naomi's character, Mika, when they come for her and her partner, he's there to protect them. So right. this character, Rain, left the this assassin clan years beforehand and has been doing everything he can to to wipe them out, to stop them from going around and and murdering other people or, you know, going through these assassinations. So, right. um, Yeah, it's really just. um, It's it's about him battling these other ninja and it's really well done. I love the. um, I love the shurikens that they throw throughout this movie where it's like almost like machine gun fire. Um, yeah. And they, they, they throw these shurikens uh, there, there they hide in shadows. And there are scenes where you see them like slide out of the shadows. It's like almost like they're part of the shadow themselves. And I just right. liked, I liked how it was done. Um, I like I like the the story was really interesting and and I, I like this movie I I like this movie better than Pray for Death. Uh, I what, you, what did you uh, take on this? You didn't care about this right. movie as much. Well, all right. So if it was set in the eighties, I'd say all right. It was just you know the campaign of the eighties. It was just ridiculous, you know, and you know whatever. But this movie is you know again was it two thousand six right two thousand nine. Oh, 2009. Uh, and first of all, like the whole natural element just seemed like, you know, it's just, I don't like it didn't, uh, like there was that, sh- how do you, how are you able to train someone so well that they're able to beat guys in like, full, you know, with machine guns and, you know, they're f- fully armored and all you have is some, and nunchucks and swords and you're able to beat it just i don't know 
didn't seem it was so far fetched. You know what I mean? And that, but that's the supernatural element. They're pitted against yeah. these supernatural creatures. They, the ninja are trained at you know at this type of assassination, and that's what makes this movie fun and interesting because chances are no one's beating machine gun fire. Right. But- <laughs> You know, I but know. Th- the fact that they're able to to like merge with the darkness and um and they're so fast and silent, that's how they're able to 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 get the cops, um you know, in in their safe house. So the cops are there. Mika, the character, Naomi's character, Mika's in the safe house. They they have the ninja assassin. They have him in shackles, right? So they have him tied up and she's like, you know, you have to listen to him. He's here to help. And they're like, you know, are you sure about that? You know, they think he's the he's a suspect now. Yeah. And so the Nietzsche come and Mika, you know, helps him, gets the keys, get, you know, un, you know unlocks his cuffs and everything. And he's able to help her. Um, but the fighting in this movie is gory as hell. It's oh, there's yeah. it's no holds barred. And they right. just they're wiping the floors with each other. And I like the fact that, you know, they're able to heal themselves. And but if you think about it, at the very end, the um, you know, he had that tracker on him that the ninja were not aware of. And then the cops flipped it on the ninja and attacked them outright. And then when you when you got them with all the lights and everything, and there weren't any shadows in that courtyard. They brought the fight to them. They had machine gun fire. They were using right. uh, rockets on the buildings. They, um, you know, they had um, helicopters with spotlights. They they had the element of surprise on the ninja, which was which was fun and interesting. I like how they flipped it on them. Um, yeah. And then the ninja was still strong and still put up a fight. And they were killing a lot of these cops. Um but then, obviously, the fight scene at the end—they have these the, the uh, supernatural element where Rain is up against Shokasugi, and he's just able to, uh, you know, v- finally to channel his own inner powers, and soon he becomes like the the student became the master, and you see right. how he, he develops the powers that Shokasugi had, and then he's able to counteract him, and he he's able to to you know kill him. Um, yeah. I, I liked I liked the the Reigns character, how he was affected by this girl when they were young and they were growing up and he didn't do anything to prevent her from being killed. And yeah, you know, it's like how his character develops, um, you know, through this and then who he becomes. I found it to be really interesting. So he's nin- he's the ninja assassin. Literally, right. you think it's, you think it's ninja assassin, but it's no he's the ninja assassin. And right, he's right. actually he he's, he's assassinating these ninjas, which right. I like. I like the the you know the double meaning in the title itself. I found to be very interesting, and I didn't put it together until I saw this movie, and I'd never seen it before. So this was my first time seeing it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I real I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I like the fact that they did get um you know that supernatural element. Uh, I don't believe in the supernatural per se. You know, I don't really you know, I don't subscribe to it in my personal life. I I I'm not religious. I'm not superstitious at all. Um but right. I love but I love the thought of these things existing. I love the thought yeah. of the supernatural being real. 
And when I right. see films about, you know, the occult, about devil worship, about ninja affecting the, you know, the, the world around them and able to hide in shadows, meld, and they have these supernatural abilities. I'm all in on these types of movies because I'm see, I, here's the thing for me. It's like, all right, you're going to have that supernatural element that you have to show where the supernatural comes like. Just the training alone can't do it. You know what I mean? Like if they had introduced some kind of ghost or demon or, you know, some kind of thing to, to be like, okay, this is, they're able to harness this. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then that's I'd what makes like, that, right. but that's what makes them the best at what they do because they possess the ability to do that. Like they don't have to talk yeah. about any other demon. If this, this was a movie about demons or about possession and stuff like that. And you don't, you don't establish that. Then that, then right. I get it. Then you're you're messing with the very, you know, the building blocks of your story. But here, yeah. for the, that's what makes the ninja so deadly and so um, mysterious. That the, it's a shadow organization, and they stay that way for a reason because they're able to manipulate their surroundings. They're able to dig into the supernatural elements that are around us, and and that's mm. why I found this to be interesting. And that's why I like these characters because like they made them like just an unstoppable force. Like you know, and and yeah. then that when Rain is pitted against the other, what's his name, Ozumi or something like that. I forget. I forget uh, the. I um, no, Ozunu oh, yeah. is Shokasugi's character, but there's yeah. another. There's another guy that he fights that's, um, you know, um, the guy that he goes up against. I forget. I forget his name, but um, yeah. he fi he fights him and they go toe to toe and in, uh, on a, in a few instances. And it's great seeing them fight, you know, where he fights his peers, you know, where right, he go right. when he goes up against show, you see like the, uh, the fight choreography is really solid and fun in this movie. And I yeah, just love, yeah. I love the action. I think this is just a great uh, you know, nin ninjas, a bunch of ninjas doing a bunch of ninja shit. And that's what I like. Seeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So for me, it was a little too, too, um, like if it were ninja things that were re somewhat realistic, I'd be like, all right, fine. But yeah. just so far fetched that uh, that's not even a ninja anymore. That's a, a demon that's thing yeah that's man no it it's too much it's too much it's too much, it's too it's much. Too, no 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 i disagree <laughs> not too much not too much all right so we're gonna give it so uh, we're gonna go we're gonna go backwards in order ninja assassin what's your rating uh two out of five two out of five whoa two at two two out of five shuriken uh, all right, so we're all gonna we're, all these films are rated on the shuriken meter. So yes. uh, Ninja Assassin is like a three and a half to a four uh, uh, shurikens for me. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a four. I really liked this movie. I thought it was fun. Uh, the acting yeah. was was solid, and, and and I found the characters to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. Pray for death. Uh, all right. How many shurikens? Pray, pray for death. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'll give three shurikens. Yeah, I'm going to give yeah. it a three as well. Not as much yeah. action, not as much ninja right. action as the others. But yeah, I think I think show Kasugi does some of his best acting in this movie. And I thought that, you know, um, where they the way they had a foil for him, where it was just the sociopath, this lunatic that they pitted against yeah. him. And, and I found that to be interesting. Yeah. 
the the classic then, the the the, uh, the primogenitor of of ninja movies revenge of the ninja how many shurikens on the that one four four I, I thought it was just great and some of the racist tropes and stuff like that maybe you know <laughs> but I, I just had such a great this movie man so yep. definitely get the four yeah yep four and a half for me I definitely yeah. love showing this movie this was like what started it all. Yeah, you know, as, as what Conan the Barbarian did for my passion for fantasy and rekindling, you know, you know, seeing those kinds of movies and and swordsmanship and and all that other stuff, um, this did for martial arts films because, like I said, I was already into it, but when we saw this, it was like, oh yeah. man, ninjas are like we. That's that's where it's at. Like this is the ultimate. Um, exactly. When you're a kid, you kind of fall prey to the ideal of them being oh, yeah. to manipulate, you know, uh, this and be supernatural and have that supernatural element. You kind of, you know, believe it. And uh, and this did it for me. So four and a half. It wasn't perfect by any stretch. And, you know, we discussed some of the the um, the errors of this movie. Um, and, and and there's a few. But, uh, I, but just, I, I mean, uh, for me, a lot of those errors like that you were discussing, like that whole fight scene with those guys, I, I just thought it was fun. It was just ridiculous and absurd. It is. But, oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Know, it is. Yeah. I just thought it was just so much. It was so, you know, I love ridiculous fun. You know? I love that stuff. Know? Yeah. So, yep. so that would, yeah, I definitely, I, I think that was for me, that was uh, the best of the three. All right, cool. Definitely. So, we're going to come back with another episode or two of some other ninja movies. Maybe, you know, some we will find that are, uh, that are better, may rival these and others, mm. you know, not so much. But I, I definitely want to talk about, like, uh, you know, um, Ninja 3, the domination where it, uh, they, uh, the ghost or spirit of a ninja possesses someone. And um, you know, there's mm. a horror element to revenge, um, Ninja 3, the domination that I want to talk about. So we'll, we'll bring that into the next episode uh, and keep an ear open for our um, Godzilla episode as well. Yeah. So we'll have, we'll have that. And it's going to be a series of episodes where we touch on, you know, how Godzilla started you know the the um there was a serious political and social uh commentary um mm -hmm. you know uh, on it, not just the first film but you know Godzilla versus the smog monster um there's there was uh, there was personal, an personal favorite yeah yeah i love that too and i was talking to my brother yeah. about it the other day and it was like you know it was so uh you know in, important commentary on what man is man is doing to its environment to the now we're yep. polluting the planet and things like that so um and obviously you know there is the the nuclear uh war type of commentary um that the japanese mm -hmm. were making and so um yeah we're gonna dig into that stuff and and uh and so keep an ear open and an eye open for future episodes. But we hope you like this one. We'll definitely be revisiting ninjas again since they're so much fun. So absolutely. Have a good one. I'm glad you guys uh, joined in and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace out, kids. Later. Later.